Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of Just Another Human Story. Uh, if this is your first time, what's up? Welcome. I hope you enjoy. And if it's not, thank you so much for coming back and listening to another one. Uh, this week we've got Ryan, who's one of my closest friends. We've grown up together, we've grown together, and I'm super excited to share a little bit of his story and, and what he thinks about life and what he's done to deal with stuff. And uh, some of it gets real real, so enjoy and if you listen to the story and think of someone who needs to hear it, please share it with them. I believe we all want a chance to share our story, and we should. Whether our story is being cut off by traffic or uplifting our whole life and moving to the other side of the world, someone out there could be encouraged by it. My name's Paige, and this is just another human story. All right, welcome to the studio, bro. How you going? Yeah, I'm doing good, man. Yourself? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty happy to have you here. I'm happy to be here. For everyone else, man, what's your name? Hi there, I'm Ryan. And uh, got any nicknames? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, the name all my mates like to call me by is Puff Daddy. And uh, origin story or not? Nah? <laughs> <laughs> All right, origin story, real quick. So back when I was uh, seventeen, uh, my mate Rory invited me over to a land party. Um, so I was going over um, to this guy Sean's house. There were going to be five of us just playing League of Legends. So they were coming to pick me up from my house at about eight o'clock at night. So I went and got all my stuff ready, walked down to the end of the driveway, started waiting for them. And um, in the dead of night, all I could hear in the distance was uh, two guys screaming Puff Daddy out of a car. And as the car <laughs> got closer, <laughs> I, I realized it was my mate Rory and my mate Ben hanging out the rear passenger windows, just screaming Puff Daddy at the top of the lungs. When I hopped in the car, I was just gone what the fuck's going on? Like, why are you calling me Puff Daddy? Um, and Ben turns to me and says, well, I was um, just looking for your number and Rory's phone. And Rory has a tendency to, like, name people in his phone, random names. So <laughs> he was like, oh, I thought you might have had him under Puff Daddy or something like that. And, yeah, ever since that day, it's just stuck. It's been Puff Daddy or Puff or, yeah. Shot out puff. <laughs> um. <laughs> and you said that happened when you were 17. How old are you now? 27. So I've had that for 10 years now. 27? Oh, sorry. 26. <laughs> I turned 27 this year. Sorry, sorry. You're making me feel older than I am, man. Come on. <laughs> Hey, we're almost 30, Paige. Um, and what do you currently do for work, bro? Uh, right now, I am a uh, shop fitter. So I specialize in commercial interiors, building suspended ceilings and um, partitionings with aluminium track, uh, steel stud jib partitions. Yeah, pretty run-of-the-mill stuff. Just set up some shops, office buildings. and yeah. But you do some pretty cool work. Yeah, yeah. Not, like, your, not your average offices all the time? Nah, nah, not, not your average offices. Like, um, 
We do a lot of uh, intense glass meeting rooms, so uh, it'll just be a aluminium track, top and bottom with a glass panel. What do you do for fun, bro? Uh, for fun, I really enjoy uh, gaming, uh, playing my guitars, uh, try to get out for a skate if I can, but it's been a wee while, um, and just hang out with my mates as much as possible. Yeah, big weekend this weekend with the UFC. Who are you backing? Oh, you see, I want Adesanya to win, but part of me wants Rob Whitaker to win just to keep the division they're fighting and moving because they're sort of the, in my opinion, the only two competitors at the moment. And yeah, be nice to see a mix up. And then Tai Tuivasa and oh, Tai all the way. Tai all the way. For days, mate. <laughs> Uh, Alright, in that case, if Taito Avasa wins, I want you to do a shoey with him. We'll record it and chuck it on the socials. I'll do it. Ah, I'll I mean. It. Yeah, yeah, done. Alright, Taito Avasa wins, we'll have Ryan doing a shoey. I love it. Sure, sure. <clears throat> Alright, man, we'll, we'll just we'll go back now. We've met you. We know who you are. Face value. What was life like growing up, man? Where, where did you live? Um, so, originally I was born on the shore. Uh, Takapuna uh, was there until uh, what was it year five um, but yeah it was it was pretty rough not gonna lie like oh sorry no I should say it was good up until I was about eight years old and then that was when my parents unfortunately split mm. um, and that was real hard just wanting them to be together, and they weren't, you know? Like, I guess eight years old, you didn't have a full understanding yet as to why, or... Yeah, yeah. Uh, all I wanted at that age was just to be the happy family, mm. and having that dream sort of go away was quite hard, and, like, it wasn't a... The split up wasn't instantaneous, like... Um, my parents split up and then they lived together for about uh, two years before they eventually stopped living together. So they were always arguing and all that fun stuff, you know, many nights crying myself to sleep, not going to lie, and mm. all that sort of fun. But, yeah. <clears throat> so that was, so to you were eight, you were on the shore, was it? Or Yeah. 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 And then, so when split up where did you did you go to the so we uh when they split up like i said it was a while for them to separate and then when they finally oh sorry it took a while for them to stop living together and then when we finally that finally happened my mum moved us up to the coast and i started life at uh, red beach school and yeah haven't looked back since haven't looked back go the coast go the coast um yeah what what schools did you go to uh, so it was originally Campbell's Bay Intermediate. Um, then I did a year, my final year of primary at Red Beach. And then I spent the rest of my schooling time at O'Reilly College. What was school life like? Um, I really enjoyed my time at Campbell's Bay. But then, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I moved to a new area and I had a lot of home life, uh, home issues going on, like, it's just say I didn't make it easy for myself to find friends and fit in. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just 
didn't really enjoy school an awful lot, to be honest with you. Just combination of shitty home life, not many friends, and mm. just didn't have an escape, I guess. So I really struggled to focus. Yeah, it would have been tough home. A lot of pe- a lot of people use school as that escape, but it sounds like it was almost just as rough. Did you do anything outside of just going to class or anything that was an escape, or did you? Yeah, yeah, 100%. So, in year nine, I started doing uh, air cadets at number five squadron on um, or in Silverdale, and that was hands down. Shout out to number five squadron in Silverdale. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> shout out to them. Good group of people there, but hands down, best experience of my life. Um, so, for anyone that doesn't know, Air Cadets or Cadets in general is more or less um, an introductory level for teenagers to learn about uh, the forces. So you get given a uniform, you get learnt how to iron your uniform, polish your shoes, do all that stuff. You get taught how to do parade, how to march. Um, you then eventually learn how to take control of the parade, like telling a flight of people what to do, how to march the group of people around. Uh, you do navigation, flying, um, shooting, uh, outdoor education, tramps. Yeah, the list just goes on. I've got so many good memories from that time in my life. What were the tramps like? Do you have a do you have like a classic moment? Yes, yes. So uh, this would have been when I was fifteen. We did a um, what was called a water crossing tramp or a river crossing tramp. Sorry. So um, this was in the Hanua Ranges. I can't remember the exact tra- exact tramp, but um, it was a, I believe it was a six-hour walk to the camp uh, to the uh, hut we were staying in, and uh, during the tramp there were three separate rivers to cross. Um, it was two and a half hours into the tramp. And we come up to the first river. <laughs> I am like the fourth person in line <laughs> watching the three in front of me walk down the fucking riverbank. Um, yeah, they thought I was following their exact footsteps, but I must have slightly gone elsewhere and I ended up slipping over and breaking my arm on the start of this tramp. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! And um, we were too far into the bush at that point to turn around, so <laughs> they like took a vast majority of the heavy stuff out of my bag and then I ended up doing the rest of the tramp with a broken arm and um, this was on a Friday. The next day on the Saturday, it just absolutely pissed down with rain and um, we ended up getting trapped up at the hut for an extra day. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And then, yeah, come the Monday, once the rivers had finally um, subsided and we could get across them, I tramped out with my broken arm and... Finally got it all casted up, so. So yeah. you spent a couple of days in a dock hut with just a broken arm. Yeah, a broken arm and just a group of people to hang out with. Yeah, it was good times. Did you want to punch anyone? <laughs> <laughs> Not really, eh? Like, I was a bit shocked at first. Uh, obviously, breaking your arm in the middle of the bush is a bit of a fucking experience, but... Um, yeah, my officers that were with me calmed me down and 
yeah, they really did make the trip as enjoyable as possible, um, despite having a broken limb. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as it was enjoyable, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I look back at it and I smile now. There's no no hate or anything there, so it must have been a good experience. <laughs> that smile is huge. What did you what did you dream of? What do you reckon was your first dream job when you were a kid? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I would have to say I really wanted to be a rally driver back in the day just because my old man used to go around doing the um, national circuit for the New Zealand rally. So I grew up hearing about all his stories doing all that. So I guess that inspired me as a kid. But as I grew older, I learned that motorsport, you need to have money to do it. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't come from a rich family. So I was sort of fucked on that front. But (laughs) hey. No motorsport for Ryan. (laughs) I like to watch it though. Same? Yeah, same difference. I'll I'll watch motorsport. You watch cricket with me. I'll watch motorsport with you. That's fair. what was what was school life like during high school like what kind of classes did you take did you have any idea what was because we we, we, i feel like we're always told to have an idea we're going Mm. i honestly didn't i just yeah, high school was just fucking coasting for me. <laughs> I had my cadets, which I enjoyed. So I guess part of me always assumed I would be joining the Air Force. So I never really thought about it, applied myself Yeah. in that aspect, I guess. Um, just did enough to maybe get in the Air Force and that was it? Yeah, basically yeah. just, just aimed to get that level three and fucking walk away. Happy. <laughs> <laughs> what, yeah. what did you do... What was your friend group like? Because I assume you didn't stay without friends after Red Beach Primary. Oh, yeah, 100%. So I did have, like, a group of people I hung out with at Orua, Orua College, but um, I guess I was never that close to them. Um, but it was through cadets I met this guy, um, Connor Williams, and he went to Whangaparoa College, Um and we were 16, and he said he was going drinking this weekend. And <laughs> he would love for me to come along. So I was like, yeah, stuff it. I'll go drinking. And, yeah, just went and drunk with this new group of people and haven't looked back. Yeah, just, here we are. Here we here are. We are. Both, both of us the same almost. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. It was funny as because we went to school, and I don't think we were actually friends at school until probably a year after you joined Orua and I realized that you hung out with the same group of people that I hung out with. Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't. Cause I, yeah, I pretty much left Orua mm. and like we, we'd hung out a little bit at school, but we definitely, you weren't my lunchtime group. Oh no. Nah, <laughs> like bump into each other. Oh, hey bro. Yeah. 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 yeah and then it was, it was definitely once I left cause I left mm. at the start of our year 13 year. That's right. Yeah. And it was definitely after that, that, just hanging out with Ben. <laughs> yeah. I think it was your 18th birthday, actually, would have been the first time we properly... Yeah, that was a... That was a big night. When you and Rory were standing there throwing lettuce at my window. <laughs> While you were, yeah, on the toilet. <laughs> yeah. That's right. 
there was mail on that window for like six years or something, wasn't it? Nah, six months. So until we left the house, there was mail on that window. It might still be there. I don't know if she cleaned it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so bit of drinking as you got older. You got to pay for that somehow, eh? What did you What did you do? Did you have a job, or did you, when you were at school, did you leave school, go get a job straight away? What was How did you end up where you are? Um, so that in itself was a long story. So when I hit the start of year twelve, my mum decided that I needed to get a job. So she got me a job at the Wade in Silverdale, the bar there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I was just working part-time, like two to three shifts a week for that um, year 12 year. Just kitchen bitch. Kitchen bitch, cleaning dishes, fucking pack mulling from the chiller, you know, good fun. And then continued that through for, must have been about three and a half years. They were sort of trying to get me to learn how to cook and become a chef, but after doing the time I had as a kitchen hand and realizing the amount of social time and the amount of money you actually got a week wasn't worth it, um, I decided to hand in my resignation. And um, <laughs> yeah, I had. Uh, so, my old man, I should say this, he has a caravan up north. We used to go up there for holidays all the time. And um, we have a family friend up there, um, the Andersons were their name. I ended up, when I quit the Wade, moving down to Matamata and living on their farm for about two months, um, just working for rent, helping out in the milking sheds, um, cooking meals for the house, for the other workers, um, yeah, doing that sort of stuff. And then I was there for about, oh, sorry, I was working for there for about a month and a half. And then my last half a month, I went on a fishing boat. Um while I was there and that was an experience like I didn't really enjoy it to be <laughs> <laughs> just out there on the fucking water all the time I remember when you came and told Rory and I that you were moving down the line to go to, <laughs> to go fish on boats we were like I we didn't throw you a party, I don't think, because we all assumed you'd be back pretty fucking quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, there wasn't a thrown away party. And then I, ca- I come back for a visit like a month and a bit later and you're like, whoa, that bed. Because <laughs> I'd grown out my bed. Yeah, yeah. And then did yeah. you go back for a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, I went back for like two weeks. And then like that time I come up and visit, it just gave me the biggest homesickness, like seeing all my mates again and catching up with everyone and yeah I just really must miss being home so when I got back I handed in my presentation <laughs> <laughs> told them I was moving back up to Auckland um and yeah fucking the two weeks went came back up to Auckland and one of my mates or he's not a mate anymore um he got me a job doing what I'm doing right now Basically just said, do you want to come be a tradesman and earn some good money? And yeah, haven't looked back. That's what you've been doing ever since. Was it hard getting qualified? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely hard. Like, had my days going, is this worth it? You know, feeling underappreciated and 
all that stuff. But I look back at it now at the things I thought I was being underappreciated for and I was thankful that my bosses were putting me into those difficult situations, mm. those hard moments, because now being qualified, if something hits the fan or there's a variable on site that I didn't see at the beginning or anything like that, it doesn't freak me out. It's just another mundane thing at work that I just have to get around to go home. I guess it'd be fair to say if your bosses didn't put you through that, you wouldn't know how to deal with it now. Oh, 100%. I probably have mean anxiety around that sort of stuff. <laughs> I will say the one thing that got annoying was I was the tea bitch for like fucking three years, four years, eh? So, oh God, I probably made fucking well over 10,000 cups of teas over my fucking four years of being a builder or four years of doing my apprenticeship, I should say. Yeah, but it's because you don't get anyone to start under you. That's the trick. That's the apprentice's first job is to figure out how to not be the lowest <laughs> <Yeah>. apprentice anymore. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't too bad because, you know, they'd be like, Oi, go chuck the kettle on. So, you know, go put the kettle on and pull my phone out for 10 minutes while I wait for it to boil. So, you know, I had, it pro- had its pros and cons. So. See that attitude. It's all about attitude. Mm, 100%. 100%. Um, how is life going? Um... Honestly, I'm really loving it right now. Um, I've got uh, mates that I consider brothers that I'm going to have for the rest of my life. Um, Too bloody right. Bloody oath. And then I've got, um, you know, my work. I love it to bits. Um, I just got a pay rise and stuff with that. So I'm starting to feel more appreciated there. Like getting my first apprentice this year. Um I've been taking the next step in learning how to run a building company, not just be the builder. So um, I'm really, really happy with where I've come from and who I am and what I've achieved. What kind of stuff do you think has influenced that headspace that you're in now? Because, I mean, it's a big gap from eight nine years old going holy shit my world's falling apart to yeah to now and i mean i've walked with you a lot of that journey Mm. what do you reckon was some of the most like key impactful things you might have learned or um one of the biggest things i learned i think this is something all males can do Oh, sorry, no, I shouldn't say that. All um, stubborn people should do. <laughs> yeah, Deflect all right. that one quickly. We'll keep, eh? we'll keep yeah. that one in there. That was good. <laughs> um, oh, shit, now I feel this. <laughs> okay, there's something all stubborn people should do. <laughs> oh, yes, um... Don't take everything on yourself. You know, you're you're never going to be less of a person for relying on someone else. If it's just for a talk or to ask your advice or even just a hug, you know. Never be afraid or ashamed to ask people for help because one of the worst things you can do for yourself, coming from my experience, is um, bottling it up inside yourself and not just not communicating with people you get it just festers inside you like a sore it's the only way i can describe it and 
yeah, just don't be afraid to talk. And that's not to say that if you don't feel like picking up the phone and talking, that you should do it right then and there. But, I mean, you, you'd say, you'd probably say, definitely make yourself do it sooner rather than later, though, right? Yeah, well, not even that, you know, like, you can always, if you're not comfortable talking to someone about your problems, even just to be like, hey, man, I'm not feeling good. Would you mind hanging out so I can take my mind off it? Mm. You know, like, just start with the baby steps is what I found. Don't, don't try and aim for your final goal of, like, having good mental health. Like, start at the bottom and start with little steps and work your way up to that final goal. Because if you try and go straight for that goal, you're just going to burn yourself out because you've missed a lot of vital steps in the healing process. What are a couple of the steps that you took? Um, so, like I said, relying on others was probably one of the first ones I did. So that was talking to my mates about how I was feeling and why I was feeling the way I was feeling. Um, next biggest step for me was not letting not letting the past define who you are as a person now um so um i might as well touch on this as a kid i was molested unfortunately so it was very very um yeah, just very fucking traumatising. Everything yeah. about it was, yeah, it, it ruined me as a kid. But say that happened when I was 13. And for many, many years, I let that moment define me mm. as who I was as a person. Um, you know, that I didn't feel like a man for it happening and didn't feel like anyone could love me for who I was and... I just felt dirty for the whole situation happening and yeah, biggest thing is to just, that's not who you are, you know, that is, that is the past, it doesn't define who you are now and you can always take steps to better your situation and yeah, it was very hard for me to learn that but I'm very thankful that I took those steps for myself and come out on the other side a lot fucking better. A lot better. Yeah, I mean, we when I we never knew that stuff for a while. Mm. I'm not I'm not a counsellor. I'm not going to go into any of that actual stuff. That's Ryan sharing his story. But we, as his boys, we for sure didn't know about that. And I know I could feel the day that you told a couple of us at different points, I could feel weight off your shoulder. Mm. for sure 100 percent. like and i think it was mm. good none of us ever looked at you with like i don't think we looked at you with sorrow in our eyes or like when you told us we didn't treat you any differently we just let that be what it was for you mm. and and not let i think that was an important part on our end as your friends was we never let that define what we think of you either Hundred percent. That's all I'll touch on with that was, and I'm so appreciative of it because like, you being a name on like really helped me in a bad, bad rut there. 
like real bad and just like like you said just doing the small thing like that not changing how changing your thoughts on me did show to me that I was past that point in a way you know yeah man and I think by the time I told you it must have been about eight years since mm. it happened so it was yeah massive weight off my shoulder absolutely massive weight um, so what, what does kind of define you, man? What is important? What's important to me? Mm. Well, top of the list be my friends and my family. Um, we got my cat. <laughs> <laughs> my boy, Polo, you know? Hey, anyone, he's a little gangster. He is, he is. Anyone fucks with him and you're fucking with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, my work is very important to me. Um, and then just enjoying the little things in life, really. Well, was, yeah, just just enjoying the little things, like sitting here with my mate now. <laughs> yeah. You know, driving home and your favourite song comes on shuffle. And it's like, oh, yeah, hello. <laughs> you know, just, just small things like that and just... Really like to try and find enjoyment out of everything that I do, no matter how small or how big it is. Yeah, that's mine. Mm. That's some great headspace. If you could say one thing to change just one person's life, what would that be? Uh, so uh, there was a quote from Winston Churchill, uh, which I remember reading when I was, oh, must have been four, 14, um, and the quote is real small, if you're going through hell, just keep on going, and basically he said that during one of his speeches during World War II, I believe it was before the Battle of Britain, or Normandy, the invasion of Normandy, one of the two, and basically the way I interpret that is, if you're going through a bad time, just keep on going, because surely things will get better you know yeah i mean we're not guaranteed anything right we're not even guaranteed tomorrow but if we wake up tomorrow we might as well take it yeah yeah so and then i guess the other thing is yeah don't let your past defy you learn learn from the good and bad but write your own tomorrow yeah 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 couldn't have said it better myself (laughs) (laughs) thanks ryan we'll catch you later thanks for having me man thank you so much for listening to this week's episode i hope you got as much out of talking to ryan as i did uh once again just we're going to be releasing a new episode every wednesday um so like share subscribe (laughs) but please do uh and honestly if you think that story could help someone else along in their journey i encourage you to just share that even just with that one person who knows whose ryan's story could help see you guys next week cheers